this week's episode, Chris shares the creme de la creme of War of the Realms. We theorize on who will replace Tom King on the Batman run, and prep you all for the next episode of Real Extra. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B! Welcome back, guys! Woohoo! Friday. Oh, God. Friday. Oh, God. Thank God. <laughs> oh, I get that saying now. Thank God it's Friday. Yeah. I get that restaurant now. Really? <laughs> no, I mean, nobody gets TGI Fridays. I mean, they've got cheap beverages, so like if you need some libations, I guess that's a good option. <laughs> but I feel like the food is just like, oh, hey, it's 10 o'clock and we're on our way somewhere else yeah. and... We need to stop and eat food quickly and get we, back on the highway. Yeah, we but really, I really am not in the mood for McDonald's again. We're yeah, we're on a road trip and we'd really like to go in somewhere to sit and sitting in a McDonald's dining room is sketchy at best. <laughs> so <laughs> let's pull off at this exit. Do we want chilies? No. Okay, TGI Friday. That's pretty much how it goes. Unless you're one of those very rare, delightful moments when there's no Charlie's. So comics. <laughs> oh yeah, so we read stuff or whatever. Yep. Um, Neat. So once again, welcome back to Chris's descent into War of the Realms madness. Um, it was actually a really good week. So if I'm gonna make this definitive statement, because I think we're done with the number ones for like for things for oh, nice. War of the Realms minis. I think this was the last one, and it was one of those Strike Force ones. And it's funny because the first Strike Force one, I was like. I don't know if I'm going to talk about every single one. And then this is the third one and the last one. And I've talked about every single one. But <laughs> if you are picking up no War of Realms titles, War of the Realms titles, if you were content picking up just the main title, I'm going to stop you right there, bucko. Pick up War of the Realms, Strike Force, Land of the Frost Giants. Do it. Um, do it absolutely do it, it was incredible one of the best spider-man stories that i've read in a long time like in yeah. terms of his voice and his personality and it was funny it was emotional it was intense it didn't try like the other two strike force to be overly philosophical it was literally just a bunch of heroes doing heroy things going into jotunheim and trying to rescue thor and it's Captain America, it's got Luke Cage, it's got Iron Fist, it's got Spider-Man, it's got Logan. And it's, all of them have their own, uh, their own nuances and their own voice. All of them have, you know, their own moments to be themselves. And it, it was just so good. Like, it, it was wonderful. It was one of the few titles in this whole War of Realms that didn't try to get so much done i feel like a lot of these titles are trying to like blow through like plot points like this happens then this happens then this happens and i mean i know there's a lot that they've got to get through and all of the realms are descending on earth and so there's a bunch of people happening and you got to go do this and you got to do that and you got to cover this and you got to handle that mm -hmm. but this one it's literally like point a to point b yeah and the stuff that happens in their thought processes from point A to point B. Yeah. And I thought that 
was refreshing. And yeah, and it um the the weird thing about this one is it's the last Strike Force to come out, but it is literally one of the like first events to happen in the main story. Yeah. So I thought it was really bizarre because we're like two issues away from what's happening in this book at this point. Yeah. Um, but it was just so good. Tom Taylor wrote it. He did an amazing job. Like the dialogue was, it was really paced really well. And that can be sometimes hard in one shots getting the pacing right. Cause sometimes you'll have, and this was a little bit in the Punisher one. It was like action time, next page, action's over. I was like, okay. Um, cool. Uh, or in the, uh, strike force, Svartalheim, the dark elf realm. Yeah. But, so, in the grand scheme, Chris's estimate of what to pick up, I think you should definitely be reading War of the Realms, the core title. I agree. Um, some of the tie-ins are better than others. I really like the Punisher one. I think it's been fun. Um, but if you have to pick up any War of the Realms tie-in or any War of the Realms book, make it Strike Force Land of Giants. I agree. Because it was solid. Just a good read. And it's one shot, so you just read it and you're done. You don't have to worry about other shit going on. And you don't have to so. know a bunch of, I hate to put it this way, but a bunch of, like, no-namers. Mm. Like, if you haven't read a whole lot of Marvel, these are these are characters you'll recognize. Yeah. So yeah. that's always kind of nice. Yeah, it's a, it's big-name characters yeah. doing big-name stuff. It's very approachable. And, um, yeah, it was, it was just very good. It makes me want Tom Taylor to be on more stuff. I agree. Speaking of people being on more stuff, and this is a good segue, um, I don't have much to say about the issue that just happened, but continuing, I think the other tie-in you should be reading is definitely Journey into Mystery, because it's phenomenal. <laughs> and it what the takeaway I'm getting out of it is, I think it's a third issue came out this week. Um, and it's just... As T said, it's kind of a no-namey team. Um, I mean, they're recognizable depending on how deep you are, but it's like Wonder Man and Druid and Balder and Thori and then Miles and Hawkeye, like Kate Bishop Hawkeye, like we know them, and Death Locket, which is like a teenaged female Deathlock. Um, and I talked about this one and praised it on the first issue, and now we're at the third issue, and I'm still praising it. Journey in the Mystery is great. Um... And like I said, the takeaway that I have from this is that I want the McElroys to get an ongoing series. I agree. I think they should get a team that's weird like this. That's a bunch of like oddball kind of side characters that aren't really doing anything. And they should just run with it. Give them some sort of premise and just let them go with it because it's been great. I appreciated this issue in particular. I won't spoil anything, but there's a massive send back to an Angela of Asgard title that Kieran mm. Gillen and Marguerite Bennett wrote, like, 2015, I think, which was, like, my first comic run I ever read as a comic itself. I'd read, like, trades of stuff before. Yeah. But it was literally my first thing. So it's really funny because they do, like, this big reveal at the end, and I was like, I already know about this because I read that comic. The McElroys read that comic. That's yeah. really cool. And that's, <laughs> that's been the cool thing about this run is that, like, they plunge into the depths of things that have happened in like fairly recent, somewhat recent Marvel history without being like too in your face about it or yeah. putting up too much of a, you probably need to read this roadblock. So like, you know, they mention a lot about Boulder, Boulder dying and then coming back to life. Yep. They mention like in issue two, there's like a base of scrolls that were hiding during secret invasion. Yep. And in this issue, it's a ton of the, like, Old West heroes. Like, 
freaking tons of like these old west guys like the original the phantom rider yeah and stuff like that old west guys and the angela reference it's yeah. crazy <laughs> it's, it's nuts so they just like they dip in all this stuff that's happening so they're either really good at wikipediaing or they're really they're well read <laughs> really well read or they just have books that they're like man that was fun we want to reference that yeah and i think that's great for an ongoing title with like an oddball type of team and i love the oddball teams like secret uh secret warriors the recent recent secret warriors yeah. was one of my favorite books that i love that run. book it was just an oddball team of inhumans quake being a total like ice queen and <laughs> she was great it was that. great and like domino hot shots going on right now is really good and that's why I started reading the current Avengers run is it's kind of an oddball team, you know? Authors that aren't afraid to make out of the blue references are very hot right now. Mm -hmm. A la Donny Cates, who now writes everything and is like the king of Marvel. Mm -hmm. Because he literally like goes into his bag of tricks and is like, I'm going to reference this mystical character from 1997. And you're like, <laughs> nice. all right, cool. So... I don't know. I think I think you're right. I think they'd be super sustainable. Mm -hmm. as, I just as an I, I want the McElroys to be on an ongoing or continually doing. Like I don't want this to when this one ends. I don't want this to be like the end of McElroy Marvel presence. I want them to keep going. I want them to keep doing it. I mean, I hate to say it, but Kelly Thompson's getting spread kind of thin. Yeah. So if they wanted to take over West Coast. I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, I mean, they could... They and could then they totally... could put Thori on the West Coast Avengers yeah. and the world would be perfect. I want... When do we get a Thori solo series? <laughs> if you want to put Thori and Lockjaw doing bro dog stuff, I, yeah. it would be the best well, honestly, book ever. <laughs> honestly, after this issue of Journey into Mystery, I really want, like, a Thori-Miles Morales buddy series. I would you know? give all of my money to Marvel. I would commission that book. Yeah. Thori and the Man of Spiders. Oh my God! <laughs> you know the 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 Boy of Spiders. Boy of Spiders. Yeah, it'd be great. Anyway, that's awesome. Well, to move away from War of Realms, <gasps> I know there are other books. Did you know that? <laughs> so I didn't have a lot on my docket this week that really stood out to me, but I did want to give a shout out to Assassin Nation. So it's. Two words, yeah. assassin and then nation. Yeah, it's assassination. No, no. Assassin. Two words, assassination. No, assassin space nation with an N. Assassination. No. I give up. <laughs> so there's this book, you guys, and we're on number three. But the reason I want to give a shout out to it. So the plot's pretty fun. It's basically about this, like, this crime lord who's, like, number two of the, like, crime lords or whatever is starting to have his life threatened. So he hires or tries to hire the top 40 assassins in the world to protect him and keep him safe. And in their first all meeting together, like, over half of them die. And they just keep whittling down each issue as mm -hmm. things happen and, and stuff takes place. And it's... It's kind of a fun, kitschy, really, like, interesting read. So that's nice. But what I really want to give a shout-out to is Erica Henderson, who is killing it in this book. Oh, yeah? And it's so weird. Because <laughs> when you think of Erica Henderson, first of all, I love her. Because she depicts women as women. 
And that's really a pleasant mm-hmm. surprise that not everyone has to have, like, Kardashian butt and perfect face. <laughs> and she, she like, gives women bodies, which is crazy to think about in a comic. Mm-hmm. But the books that you associate with her are, like, Jughead and Squirrel Girl. And now she's literally writing people getting, like, shot in the head. And there's Knifed, blood splatter everywhere. broken. And, yeah. like... And it's such a weird stretch, but it's still in this beautiful Erica Henderson, like, bizarro cartoony thing. Yeah. It's so weird and awesome, and I love the, like, dystopia of it. Mm -hmm. It's so unsettlingly hilarious. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm proud of her, because I feel like this is kind of out of her usual, like, wheelhouse type thing. Yeah. And I just really, I, I respect when an artist is like... Screw it! I'm doing something different. That's really fun to me. So... Nice. So, yeah. Shout out to her. You're killing it. Props to you. I do still kind of miss you on Squirrel Girl, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, I had a ton come in this week. And it's all good stuff. It's just a lot of it... I don't have a lot to talk about because it was very, like, transitionary issues. You gotta love those Um, middle issues. Yeah. It's all good stuff. I love every book that I read. Um, I read too many. Um, but I wanted to mention Detective Comics 1004, um, came out this week and it's the origin of the Arkham Knight. Okay. Um, which is like the new rendition of the Arkham Knight, not based off of like, I guess based on quote unquote, based off of the one from the game, but it's not Jason Todd. Like it turned out to be in the game. It's not Red Hood. Um, it's like a new character. And I, this was my diving in point, honestly, for Detective because i mean i just the batman stuff always was very intimidating to me because there's so much of it well i mean it's literally in the thousands now yeah and i've read bits and pieces of both detective and batman as certain story arcs came up but i never was like consistently on with it um and but i jumped in on this one because i was really curious about the arkham knight stuff and it's been cool uh it's she has a very interesting justification for why she does what she does I'm a little nervous. They So they did her origin. So she's Astrid Arkham. She's the daughter of Jeremiah Arkham, who is the grandson of the guy who founded Arkham Asylum, and he's a doctor at Arkham Asylum. Hold on. Can we back up? Uh, the Arkham Knight's a chick? Yeah, the Arkham Knight is a chick. Yo, that's awesome! Yeah. So spoilers. Props to a new villain that is a chick. Yeah. And that's, that's awesome. Spoilers I for Action it. 1003, I think. Um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, so she, her whole origin story essentially is that since her dad was a doctor in Arkham, you know, she was raised within the asylum, you know, and like he tried to like, so he had her with like a doctor, like another doctor, like a nurse or I think she was a doctor. Um, he had her with this woman and then a riot happened and it literally like she was birthed by like the joker and poison ivy and harley quinn because like the lady's like running for her life and then goes into labor so like solomon grundy starts like running defense and like beating up prisoners right and clayface makes like a privacy screen and then like harley and poison ivy and two-face and joker literally like like it's shows a scene of like joker like spanking her you know (laughs) so like all these super villains were her like entrance into the world 
And then like that's bizarre. Stuff transpired that made her hate Batman. Um, something happened to her mom. I won't spoil everything. Well, I mean, but then Batman so like has Jeremiah mom. like shoved her away in like a hidden part of like in hidden rooms in Arkham Asylum because it's the freaking labyrinth, and. She kept getting out, and, like, Joker would read her bedtime stories, and she'd, like, interact with these inmates, but then she'd always have this, like, very negative view of Batman, and I think, I think it could be cool, depending on where they take it, or it could be just old hat. So, where they go from here. So, now we know that she has a positive connection to supervillains, negative connection to Batman, because of his very Batman style of justice with supervillains. Right. Like, hey, I need to ask you some questions. It's not like a polite sit down, would you like some tea? It's like a, I'm going to be hiding in the interrogation room and start beating the crap out of you when you come in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, if they take it the route of she's like very, and she's got this whole like, we are the knights of the sun, knights of light kind of thing. And she's like launching light bombs that like, and I think that's just to weaken Batman because he's all about the dark, you know? But if they take it to the direction of like, she believes in rehabilitation and like, mm. you know, these people aren't bad people at the core. They've just done bad things or they've made bad decisions or whatever. We need to rehabilitate them. Um, in whatever way she sees fit. She's got a little bit of a culty thing going on. Could be kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of neat. My worry is that it's going to be like, I see supervillains as good and Batman as bad and kind of just like anarchy type stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know. I, I'm wary on it just being like, supervillains were nice to me. Batman's mean, you know? It could be. So... It could be really interesting if they go the rehabilitation route because, so, Batman and Batwoman are kind of hostile with each other right now. Oh, yeah? Because she kind of believes in a different level of justice than he does, mm-hmm. one of which is rehabilitation because of her sister Alice. Alice is sick. She has mental stuff. Mm-hmm. And... Batman kind of is like, you need to keep your chicken check. And she's kind of like, don't tell me how to live my life and take care of my family. And they're very not, like, she does things in her own way. And I could very much see some cool stuff going down where Batwoman's like, actually, this chick's not wrong. You don't give people the benefit of the doubt. You just say, throw everybody in jail, whereas you don't. You know, everybody makes mistakes. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. Everybody has flaws. Yeah. So that could be a really interesting... And a lot of the Bat family agrees with that. So there yeah, could I mean, be some, like, us versus them stuff if they go that route. Yeah, there's been... And that's been a common theme in recent Batman stuff since the wedding. Mm-hmm. Like, to the extent where I think in the last Batman issue, he punched the shit out of Robin. <laughs> Which Robin? Red Robin, I think it was. I don't think it was Damien. Okay. Because that's, like, child abuse. But. <laughs> and also, Damien probably would have just, like, bit his knuckles on the way. That's, Dam- yeah. Damien's freaking crazy. He would have been, like, it would have been, like, slow-mo, and Damien's just, like, latch. <laughs> and, like, flies just away with full him. squirrel. Just yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was Tem. Okay. 
I don't think it was Nightwing. I don't think it was Dick. He didn't dick punch. <laughs> I think it was Tim. I didn't read it, to be honest. But, I mean, No, that's, if it had been Dick, been, the internet would have told yeah. us. Yeah. Batman punches Dick. Uh, <laughs> this weekend, Batman dick punch. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it was Tim because I remember seeing it as a Robin. I don't think it was Damien. But... Yeah, he punched the shit out of Robin it because makes sense that it's Tim, they were Tim gets abused. The whole yeah, the whole bat yeah. They're like, hey Tim, you finally get to be in the pages of a Batman comic. Punch, poor yeah, Tim. Um, right. Yeah, but they uh, you know, the whole Bat family has been like on Bruce's ass, like dude, chill, chill, like you're being really intense and angry and like really cold and really like weird and. Um, yeah, so that's been a common theme, so I could see them going this whole, like... I just don't know where... Because she's very, like, Knights Templar-themed, and, like, hmm. she's got, like, acolytes, and she, like, talks very high and mighty and cultish, and she's all about, like, we are the Knights of the Sun, and stuff like that. We will bring the sun to this dark world, and we will bathe them in light, and all this stuff, so I'm really curious to see where she goes. I hope it's not one of those, like, we're gonna launch a nuke at the city and purge it with light and stuff like that you know because that's kind of like boring yay i really want her to be like i want her to stick because she hasn't done much in the city right. so far so i really want her to stick to like i'm going to help people and not just be like some culty religious psycho you i know? feel like the best batman comics and, and stories in general are when batman gets shown as a douchebag Mm-hmm. Like I, I like think White Knight. Yes, yeah. that was by far my favorite Batman story because when Batman is depicted as the bad guy, because he does some bad crap. Like I know he's fighting for justice and he quote unquote doesn't kill people. Uh huh. Sure, mm-hmm. running people over with a Batmobile. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, that's not killing it was anybody. Rubber bullets. <laughs> yeah. No lies. Yeah. But, High velocity rubber bullets fired from like a fifty caliber cannon. <laughs> also, <laughs> you know? I will be damned if I'm gonna believe that every dude he's hung off of a building didn't have like a brain aneurysm for being upside down yeah. for eight hours. Well, straight. you know, being knocked unconscious with broken ribs and a broken ankle and left in the snow overnight is really a good way to die. Or, like, punctured <laughs> lungs. Yeah. Like, come on, yeah. dude. You have killed. Yeah, yeah. Like... People people be dead. Whatever you gotta tell yourself to sleep at night, they're bats. Yeah. But he's not, like... He's got issues. Yeah. And he always blames everybody else to having issues. Mm-hmm. And so I really like when they show him as, like, no, you know, you've kind of gone down the wrong path and it's really hard to pull you back. You're a little too Frank Miller right now. Yeah. I, um, if White Knight ever gets made into, like, a movie, either live action or animated. Please. I really want Nightwing to be portrayed by David Schwimmer. Because Nightwing spends the entirety of that series just being like, Bruce. (laughs) Um, Bruce. Bruce. Oh my god, he does. It's just, like, every panel... Batgirl's like, um, excuse me, Batman, do you think this is the best idea? And it pans over to Nightwing, and he's just, like, got a scowl, and he's like, Bruce. <laughs> he's so, like, sad and broody in that. It's hilarious. And he does nothing. In his little, like, and- cop outfit. He's got, like, a cop outfit with the domino mask on, and it's like, dude, we know you're Dick Grayson. We know who you Shut are. <laughs> what are you doing? Bruce. Oh, my so. God. Amazing. Yeah. 
And now, your Cover B News with your host, Chris and T. What's that in the sky? It's news. We could have like, it's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's the news. But you like ran right into it. Yeah, I gotta, my bits are my own. Thank you. But they have no like. Keep your hands off my bits. Whoa. <laughs> this is not that type of show. When we're recording, you stay away from my bits. I, okay? I, I, my hands are in the air. They are not I did anything. not give my consent for you to handle my bits. Whoa! Whoa, man! <laughs> anyway, uh, so I have a quick bit of news that is just coming from people that I talked to uh, who went to Megacon um, and did the... So Donny Cates and the Venom team did an event at Megacon that you could pay to get the ticket to go to. Cool. It was called like Venom After Dark and it was like a sit-down Q&A session kind of general talk with the Venom team. Um, apparently while they were in discussion, um, the subject of, uh, Donny Cates' new book that he's doing with Tradmore, Silver Surfer Black, Black. came up, um, and Donny Cates got kind of coy, apparently, and again, this is just coming from sources that I have, (laughs) I have sources now, um, that were, that were in that thing i don't have any i don't have any recording of it i don't i didn't personally see it i'm just going off of what was told to me by a few people um and he apparently made the comment that keep an eye on this one because once people figure out what it's really about it's gonna blow up does something, Silver Surfer have the venom? Something to that degree. I don't know. It's about, so the, if you haven't been keeping up with Guardians, at, early on in the new run of Guardians, um, which is Donny Cates, uh, Silver Surfer got, and a few other peeps, got sucked into a black hole. Huh. And uh, a lot of them made it out, but not everybody in the Silver Surfer is one of those. Huh. So it's about him reaching the other end of that black hole but what that means what we don't know realm is he gonna pop Um, into and it's got trad moore doing the art so it's gonna be super psychedelic there's gonna be freaking like colors everywhere i'm so pumped i love when trad moore does a book i wish trad moore did every book i don't care what people say um but yeah it's it's gonna be stellar but apparently there's something he's going to do with this book that we need to be excited about so, keep an eye out for Silver Surfer Black. Should be coming soon. You know what might be interesting? Hmm. All, again, all conjecture. But what might be cool is if, as we've noted, a lot of the times at the end of books, Donny Cates has had to maybe not fully pull the trigger. Yeah, as I mentioned with the Guardians thing. What might be cool is if it's because he's been writing in the proper Earth. Maybe, yeah. And if they give Donny Cates his own Earth, it's like a sandbox <laughs> to do Donnie whatever Earth. he wants. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's true. Like, there have been times when writers have just been sort of given, like, like when how um, was it House of M when Bendis basically was able to remake Earth in Scarlet Witch's vision, mm. and it was like whatever he felt like that day until it went back to normal, like. You could do that. You can just give it to Donnie in this whole other realm and mm-hmm. it does whatever he wants. Yeah, it'd be cool. Um, yeah. 
I'm I'm excited to see. I mean, I've been pumped for that book for a while, so I'm excited for it to come out. Um, so we'll see. But that was my like from the front lines kind of special special report. I love so it. Fantastic. Take, take from that what you will. So. Fantastic. So I've got some Star Wars news. <gasps> so new pics of um, Rise of the Skywalker have been debuted in Vanity Fair, mm -hmm. um, as they have done for all of the prequels and all of the second sequels. What do you yeah. call those? Sequels. But, like, it's its own trilogy, and, it's like, this... Just sequels. But, like, there's the original trilogy, yeah. and those have so sequels. the Star Wars fandom has pretty much original trilogy, prequels, and sequels. That's what it's broken down to. Okay. So, like, the new trilogy is the sequels. Sequels. The original trilogy is just the original trilogy, and the prequels are the prequels. Okay. So, because, I mean, if you get too nitpicky with it, technically, like, uh, Revenge of the Sith is a sequel. Yeah. But it's also a prequel. <laughs> you know? Whoa. So, if you get too too okay. nitpicky with it you're gonna you're gonna hurt yourself Yeah, now my brain hurts okay <laughs> fair enough anyway pictures are out they've introduced new characters yep it looks like star wars yep i mean i i don't know i i don't feel like we have a lot to go on they introduced a couple new characters um I carrie saw... russell is going to be a they're just calling her like a rogue person rogue um, She's her name rogue. is gonna be Zori Bliss. This book's gonna end, or this movie's gonna end with them opening a portal to X-Men world, and Rogue's gonna come out and be like, what's going on, y'all? Shucks. <laughs> is that, is that your Louisiana my, accent? Yeah, that's my, that's my Rogue accent. <laughs> <laughs> She's not like Louisiana, she's just like Southern Belle. But um, I instead went like Sadie Adler. <laughs> <laughs> You're a mess, Arthur. Arthur Morgan. Um. <laughs> so those photos of you, yeah, they introduced Carrie Russell's new character. Um, I saw Jana one. Is another character. Yeah, I saw one with Finn riding on an aminal. aminal yes, that's next with, to some other that's lady. Jana. So he's still um, doing well on Space Tender, so that's good to see. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's doing. Every new movie brings a new date. Um, <laughs> but Jana is being rumored to be Lando's kid, so that could be cool. Um, okay. But nice. we just, we don't have a whole lot more details. I personally think the Knights of Ren look kind of lame. I didn't TBH. see the Knights of Ren picture, to be it, honest. I mean, it just looks like, dude, honestly, it looks just like random dudes from Outer Rim in, like, masks. Like, cool That's i don't know unfortunate it's yeah. super it's sort of lame like i don't know i'm whatever however while this news is news it is not the news that matters in regards to star wars okay because as of two hours ago jeez oh, breaking news breaking people. news an article was released that guess what's currently in the works and his script is almost done um an r2d2 c3po romance film because, no, I mean, I'd, come on. I'd probably watch that. I'd watch it. It's called Plugged In. Oh, my. <laughs> but no, that's not what it is. What it is, 
is a movie adaptation based on the Bioware video game Knights of the Old Republic. No shit. Oh yes. Are for real? That's we awesome. are getting a Kotor game. Damn Kotor game. Movie. Give me all or movie. Give me all the Revan, all of it. Just nice. Just I. It could That's just really literally cool. be three hours of Revan's face being like, "Yo, I'm Revan," and I. I Take all just, of my money. Just on loop. Yeah, just like, yo, With I'm like Revan. A, like Euro beat in the back. I would make it rain, you guys. Yo, I'm Revan. Like, all I've wanted. And apparently it's going to be a trilogy. And it's an entirely unrelated trilogy. <laughs> I broke you into a loop, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I was giving you the movie you owe. I love, I'm, yeah, I'm fine yeah. with it. But it's not going to be related to Ryan Johnson. It's what? not going to be related to the double D's from Game of Thrones. <laughs> the double which D's. right now is a good thing. We could use more double D's. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even finish. Good. You should be ashamed. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> it was lowest hanging fruit. It was right there. I was like, that apple looks delicious, pluck. Bad joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You throw that ba- that one back into the realms of the internet. I'm sorry, Star Wars. <laughs> but yes, we are now supposedly, strongly supposedly, getting a KOTOR movie. A KOTOR trilogy. Yep. Praise be. All is good in the force. This is the movie I want. We hope. <laughs> Speaking, speaking of things finally going a direction that the fans can appreciate, so a petition started up recently. <laughs> oh no. Petitions have been so bad lately. If you remember, we talked about a petition. I don't know if we talked about it. So uh, a, this is the second big news petition that I'm about to talk about. The first one was the one that was getting like trying to get a million signatures to have them redo the last season of Game of Thrones. Uh, oh, we did talk about yes, that. Yes, we totally yeah. did, yeah. And um, I don't know where that one's at. I kind of hope it succeeds, and then the HBO showrunners just do an entire season with puppets. Have, like, one dude, like the showrunner, just sock puppeting the entire season. And if people are like, what the hell is this? You can be like, well, we only had budget for one season. And in between... <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing and in between every scene is an ad for starbucks yeah <laughs> just sonny um anyway this uh particular petition is actually cool it's actually really good so it's a petition to get a world-renowned highly famous actor to play wolverine in the mcu it's uh-huh. trying to get 35,000 signatures as of right this moment. So Thursday night, it has 27,029 signatures. So, uh, who's the actor? Um, he is an Oscar winner. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe. I don't know. He's been in everything from Disney movies to television. Uh Uh-huh. Um, he's played some of your most, like, well-loved childhood characters. And he's been in a superhero Chris. movie before. He's been a supervillain. Chris. Danny DeVito. Oh, my God. <laughs> so there is a 27,000 people at this moment, and hopefully 35,000 eventually, want to have Danny DeVito play the role of Wolverine in the MCU. <laughs> 
No! What are you people thinking? So if you are listening to this, get on change.org. Don't do that! Sign the petition. Let's get this ball rolling, because that would be perfect. Lee insane. Uh, yeah. Well... In the best kind of way. <laughs> so I'm gonna... Okay. Well, that was... Anyway, I'm going to share some sad news, unfortunately. Um, the pretty famous um, artist, he's a colorist, or was a colorist for Marvel. His name was Justin Ponzer. He lost his battle with cancer this week at oh, age 42. Um, colorists don't honestly get enough love in my a opinion lot of, yeah a lot of like recognition um, but he's been on all sorts of marvel books for a long time like 20 some odd years um and he's done everything from spider-man books to avengers books to mm. everything in between um this week's avengers 19 is actually going to be one of ponzer's last works Aww. um so you may not know it but he's probably colored some of the Touched. books that you yeah, really really cared about probably had a hand in something that you really enjoyed so so pour one out for nope. justin and or, we're thinking about your fans yeah. and your family and your friends um if you get a chance maybe tweet at him something nice you know so his family can see it yeah and, so uh, but we wanted to we wanted to honor him and and it always sucks to lose somebody in the industry too early you know that's so young 42 Ugh. yeah that's hard. That's so hard. Um, keeping things rolling here. This is kind of sad news. Um, it's kind of random, and I can't really find how people are reacting to it. Um, but so the newest report from the Batman camp. So initially, Tom King took over, right? And he planned on going to like a hundred issues and beyond, right? And that's constantly what he said when people would give him crap about uh like the wedding and the stuff. wedding so the wedding happened and didn't happen <laughs> and people were pissed and he was constantly like well you know just wait it's gonna pay off once we get to issue 100 well he's leaving at issue 85 <laughs> i guess it was a um a dc choice yeah i don't think I don't think he wanted a lot of people like a lot of people are being hush hush about it um like uh you know some of the other people involved in the current batman run are you know making like sly kind of vague comments about it um but yeah it, it uh he so king explained that the final stretch of his plan batman run would fundamentally alter the character in such a drastic way that it was a wonder dc and warner bros agreed to it so maybe that maybe they didn't played a matter in it um i don't know i feel like people have been digging the batman run i haven't heard too much you know too much like negative about it but maybe dc and Warner Bros. just kind of decided that they wanted to take the character a different route. You Maybe know? DC finally started to feel the numbers from when the wedding 
didn't happen and I don't know. they got hostile. Yeah, I was looking and I honestly, you know, if you guys know more, by all means, like tweet at us and Facebook us and let me know. But I couldn't find a lot of articles that had a lot of details. I couldn't find Tom King talking about it a lot. Like I said, people that are making tweets are making like very vague tweets about it. I did see um, that when the news broke on Bleeding Cool, like within the hour, he tweeted... Um, Tom King tweeted, you know, a lot of you have reached out and you guys are the best and I appreciate yeah. you. And it, it feels very forcibly removed, which I'm going to put out a theory and it scares the dickens out of me. Hmm. I am terrified. I don't know if this would have been a cause or if this could be a result or if this is even something that's physically possible, but I don't want it to happen. I am so scared that my man Bendis is going to end up on Batman. There's been a lot of, like, I rumor mill about... I don't want that because there are so many, like, he's on such a fine line right now because people either love or hate Bendis. Yeah. And if he, even if it's not what happened, if there is even a modicum of perception that he got Tom King kicked off Batman so he could run Batman, yeah. it's going to well, ruin people's it's just, perception it's just not in good taste you no, know what i mean sucks. it's it's not a good idea to have one person running everything running everything and it you know bendis is a great writer by all means yeah. but he has his own flavor his own you know tone and if you put especially on your biggest titles like batman superman wonder woman if they were to slap bendis on like all of those people wouldn't have anywhere to run if they didn't agree with his tone you know, and there is the perception, like, did Bendis get, you know, Tom King kicked off? Like, that would be a problem. Tom King has other projects that he's going to be working on. He's also going to be wrapping up uh, Heroes in Crisis. So it's not like he's parting ways with DC. He's not gone. He's just at issue 85. He'll be done. And somebody else is going to be it just over. It just makes me so nervous. Because, you know, as you were saying, he's got his own tone. I read... I think almost, except maybe one, of the Bendis... I think except action. You yeah. Action. I read almost all of them. And President. Hmm? The United States one. Oh, yeah. The United States versus Murder, Inc. Yeah. That one's over anyway. So. I, don't, I don't read that one and I don't read action, but I read everything else that Bendis does for DC. And if you if they come out during the same week like for instance last week Naomi and Superman came out in the same week and you can hear this the tone consistently mm -hmm. like he gets into writing zones where like certain things and certain like written mannerisms continue so like this is weird and a, and a weird example but in between those two books there's two situations in which a mother's talking to their kid and the way the mom talks to the kid is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it was Lois talking to um, her son and Naomi's mom talking to her and both of them were like, I just want you to know I love you, baby. You're amazing. And it's like that exact same like phrasing exact like, same, yeah. and say, using like, come on, I hope you understand, baby. This is what I need. Like, Using it that way, like using the word baby in kind of a weird context in that way, mm -hmm. in a motherly tone, was in both books. And it was almost, as a reader and someone who loves Bendis, 
it was almost jarring because yeah. I'm like, whoa, okay, Bendis is talking to me. What, <laughs> like, what I'm worried is happening um, if they do put Bendis on Batman, um, which is just conjecture. I don't. They haven't announced. There's no proof of that. This is just my. Fear. It's been a big rumor for a long time that Bendis was going to end up on Batman, but I think that rumor spawned out of the Bendis haters not wanting him to touch Batman. Right. Because everyone I've talked to that's like, you know, Bendis is going to be on Batman. They're like total Bendis haters. Right. And they're like the only ones saying this. But it is possible with Tom King getting booted that, you know. Even if they booted Tom for something else. Yeah. They um, could just give it to Bendis. My, my biggest concern is that Bendis is such a writing powerhouse. Like, that dude can put stuff out faster and more consistently than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, he can have... Like, when he was at Marvel, he was juggling, like, dozens of titles at oh, once. Oh, yeah. And at DC, he's got, like, five creator-owned things, right? Yep. And then the other things that he's doing he's got a crossover event coming up you know like he's got tons of shit there's going a lot on. happening and um it's super cool that he can do that but my worry is that when dc signed this because i'm pretty sure they signed an exclusive thing with him so he can only write for dc and my worry is that he's pumping out so much stuff that he keeps coming to them and he's like hey what can i write next i'm bored and they're like oh shit we need to make sure <laughs> like what can we give him and then they're just gonna start like tossing shit instead of being like Hey, come up with a Vertigo title. You yeah. Know? Hey, here's some Sandman shit. Write that. You know, like... Make up more Bat Family. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's not like there's no, no Bat yeah, right? Family. I don't know. I, I don't know what the situation is. I don't know what the behind the scenes is. Um, it kind of feels like it might not have been an amicable, like... It doesn't feel Hey, do you want to step down? Because everyone's being very vague about it um and tom king seems pretty distraught about he it he seems sad again and that makes from me sad. from the front lines of megacon i had a few people tell me that he may have gotten the news at megacon <gasps> i can't guarantee that oh. but apparently during like one of his q a like his dc panel or something he got a call left came back and seemed a little like oh shook. my god that's horrible well i don't i don't know if that's true that's that's just what people told me they may have just been conjecturing, conjecturing or projecting because they heard the news and they were like, maybe that's why he got the call. He may have oh. been like, you know, a call from, is he married? It may have been like a call from, does he have kids? Oh. If he has kids, maybe it was like a call from his wife being like, Hey, little Tom King Jr. Took a shit in the kitchen floor, you know? <laughs> and he's like, Oh God, Tom King Jr. is back at it again. I don't know. Um, but that's, that's. You know, I, I hate to... Because he seemed like he really had these plans, and he was, like, building it up. He has a wife and three kids. Okay. So maybe it's, like, little little Tommy Jr. urinated on his classmate, and he's like, Oh, God, Tommy, I thought we were past this. You're 18, <laughs> Tommy Jr. <laughs> thought we were past this. Um, <laughs> so who knows? Who knows what the phone call was, but... Uh, that I just, it's, it that's sucks awful. to have these plans. And he's been one of those writers that's very, like, planned. You know, he's kind of like Jason Aaron in that way. I was about to and say. And he's, he's very, like, you can tell this dude has, like, a plan and an organization. And he knows where this is going to go. So I don't know how he's going to, if he's going to, like, pass the reins and be like, here's what I was thinking to wrap this up. Use it when you want to use it or call me back and I'll finish it up later on. Or if he's going to try to wrap it up in 15 less issues, who knows. But yeah, um, I don't know. it just I sucks to it sucks. have somebody so attached to that run and then just like whoosh, rip him away. But who knows? It 
Hopefully they get somebody good on there. Maybe Scott Snyder's coming back. I don't know. You know. I don't know. That seems kind of douchey too. Yeah, he's like. I hope they just give it to somebody new. Like, like somebody altogether different. Not Bendis. Not Snyder. Let somebody else steal someone from Marvel again for a little bit. Like, get. They've been stealing all y'alls. Well, I mean, they stole. They got Bendis. (laughs) Steal another big Marvel guy. Yeah. That'd be funny. Anyway. Good luck, Tom King. Hopefully your story doesn't suffer because you have to end it early. We believe in you. I believe in you, Tom King. You can do it, man. If Heroes in Crisis is any testament to your capabilities, you got this, bro. And we're not just saying that because you're, like, former CIA and we're scared of you. I mean, there is that. But that does play a factor. That's a big factor. I saw that windowless van outside my apartment, (laughs) Tom King. I'm doing it. I'm saying the things you told me to say, Tom. Is this good? Are you happy now? Oh, I forgot to stop it. (laughs) So that's going to do it for us this week, guys. No third segment this week. That's right. We are Um, wrapping up because... We are both super amped to see the James Gunn produced and other people written and directed. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Brightburn, which comes out uh tonight technically but in gainesville it's not playing anywhere so we're gonna go see it later um bad guy superman and so we will have a episode of real extra coming out on saturday yes with our review of uh evil superman of superman meets omen yeah that's that's a good description soup omen bowman soup omen soup omen it's the soup omen it's where you like you get your alphabet soup and it's like you look at it and it's like ooh how is that an omen and then you're like oh shit this is spaghettios <laughs> how, how do i let you have a mic <laughs> <laughs> to be fair i think i stole that joke from family guy so family guy did it but you know it's not like they didn't steal jokes um anyway <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I see that windowless van outside my apartment, Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> oh, God. They're lining up now. There's yeah. just a whole row of them. I have that effect on people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look for that episode on Saturday. If you want more Cover B, you can find us on various places. Facebook and Twitter at Cover B Podcast. You can find us on our website, CoverBPodcast.com, where we have merch and all of the links to all of the different podcast providers, including the one that you listen to on the reg. You can find us on Craigslist, Missed Connections. Is that even still a thing? No, (laughs) actually. Um, And real quick, just to wrap up, we went to Megacon this last weekend. It was awesome. We had a lot of complications come up so we weren't able to like meet any celebrities so we honestly don't have any really fun stories i got to meet mark brooks and lucio perillo that was dope um and yeah so and jamie tendall we got to have a long conversation with jamie tendall he's jamie cool. tendall you are awesome he's a really cool guy <laughs> you are awesome so. and i think every megacon i've ever been to i just keep buying your stuff that's true we have i spend all my ball. money at your booth <laughs> anyway so real extra coming out on saturday a normal episode coming at you next week and until those things you guys have a great friday and we will see you next time on the next episode of cover b that was my line okay